Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 338 of the Elizabeth Chance podcast, formerly Busy Living Sober. Hi, everybody. It's Elizabeth, also known as Busy. How is everybody? I'm a day late. I have to throw that out there. I was supposed to do this on Wednesday and I'm here on Thursday because as those people know that watch me on Instagram, I've been moving. Oh my gosh. But before we go on, I want to thank our sponsors at Soberlink. Imagine you've just gotten sober. You're working your program, checking in with a recovery coach, maintaining employment, and while thriving. Now imagine none of your closest friends or family believes you. So much trust is lost during active addiction, and it can be hard to convince loved ones that things are different, that you're different. Soberlink can help. Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring system is designed to help you sustain a sober lifestyle while we're building trust with loved ones. It's small enough to fit into your purse or pocket and discreet enough to use in public. Soberlink devices combine facial recognition, tamper detection, and real-time results so friends and family know instantly that you're sober and working towards your recovery goals. As a certified recovery coach and wellness coach, I really can't think of a better tool to maintain accountability, strengthen community, improve sobriety to loved ones. Make 2023 a memorable one. Visit www.soberlink.com slash BLS to sign up and receive $50 off your first machine. Oh my gosh. So here I am one day late and it's been crazy. It's been crazy. Um, moving Everybody talks about movie being like the second most stressful thing behind getting divorced. Okay. I can say to you, it's true. Um, it has been so crazy for the past 48 hours. Now I'm into 72 hours because the reality is I don't know where I'm going. Well, I do know where I'm going, but I didn't, I don't have a home yet, but we're in the process of dealing with that too. So you know what that's like? You're like going and you're buying and da 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 da. But the craziest thing is, is that in my recovery program, we are on step three, which is about letting go and letting, you know, everything be the way it's supposed to be. In my 12-step program, we also talk about how you are powerless. And that's my first thing I have to realize every day. I'm powerless over what's going to happen. I know so many people including myself, want everything to be set up perfectly. And we want everything to go the exact way we want it to go, like domino effect. We want everything to be perfect. And we think if we set everything up perfectly, our life's going to be perfect. We're going to be okay. But that's a lie, right? Because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in this country. I have no idea what's going to happen with Russia. I have no idea if somebody's going to crash into something. I have no idea if a plane's, I have no idea about anything. I don't think any of us do unless you work as an astrologer or you're, you have abilities that I don't have to tell me the future, the crystal ball. So letting go, letting go. I had to first let go that I was powerless over alcohol. And what I meant, and you might say, wait a minute, how are you powerless over alcohol? And I'm like, well, because I drank one drink and I had 47. I couldn't stop. There was no stop. And as much as I wanted to stop, that thing inside of me, it's not my thinking. I mean, it is my thinking, but my brain chemistry is different, right? My brain is different. So when alcohol touches my lips and ingests into my system, I, I'll 
bets are off. I can't make a choice. There's no choice because then your brain gets all smushy and you're like, oh, I had one. I'm going to have one more. Oh, I'll have another one and I'll have another one. And, you know, knowing that, that powerlessness that I have over alcohol and then realizing it's about everything I have, everything in my life I'm powerless over. It's painful. It is painful to admit that. Because nobody wants, I don't think we're raised, especially as Americans, to be like, we we can't control everything. No, we can't. We cannot control everything. We have to let go. Letting go. It's so, in, I was talking this morning, actually, in one of my meetings I went to. You know, I still go to 12-step meetings and people are like, you still do that? And it's like, yeah, I do. And why do you do it? Why do I still go to those meetings? Well, because it's where my medicine is. And I find that I'm happier when I go. Isn't it funny when you do things that make you healthier and make you feel good on the inside, you stop doing for a little bit of time because you're like, "Mm, I'm okay now. I don't need to keep doing that. And your life's so good. Your life's so good. And then you're like, well, I'm going to go back to my old ways kind of. And you go back to your old ways and you feel like shit again. And you're like, why did I do that? I was doing so well. And now I'm not doing well anymore. And why did I stop doing that thing that I know is the recipe to make me feeling good? Why do I stop? Because we're human. We are human. We have a human condition, right? We have these ways that we're like, this makes me feel better. I just went, when I was up on Amelia, when I was packing up this house and going and doing, and you know, I have no pots, no pans, no anything. And I'm eating crap. I'm eating hoagies and, you know, big sub sandwiches and I'm eating pizza and I'm eating the stuff that I would, I'm going to get ice cream stuff. I don't do. I haven't been doing for a while and I did it. And then it makes me feel terrible. And I'm like, oh, why is that? Why do I feel terrible? Oh, because I didn't go to that extra effort to eat healthy. It's hard to eat healthy. It's hard not to drink. It's hard to do all these things. I mean, it's not hard. I think pushing a humongous boulder up a mountain would be hard, right? This is not hard. It's our head that says it's hard. It's not hard. It's what we make it to be. How do we want to feel? Do we want to wake up in the morning and bounce out of bed and be like, it's a new day. You know, if you were listening to both the podcasts I just did recently with Amanda and with Antoinette, you could hear that they both wake up. They're a little bit older, right? And um, they wake up every morning and they say, thank you, God, for keeping me alive. Thank you, God, for the love in my life, my family. And that's the basics, right? But we tend to complicate everything, throw all this other shit on top of our lives that we worry about, that we have no power over, that we're powerless over. All we have power over is what we ingest. If we get up, we do the walk that we have to do. We do the swim we want to swim. We do what we have to do to make ourselves feel good, right? And the outcome is not up to us. I have no control of outcomes. You know, I'm right now, I'm powerless over a relationship with one of my kids. I'm reading this great book by Dr. Joshua um, Coleman about estrangement and how many people are estranged now than ever before from their families and where that comes from. And, you know, genetically, it's a a genetic predisposition predisposition it's from familial where like how we're raising our families it's so crazy because I thought I I mean I got sober my kids were little and I thought everything's going to be perfect 
everything's going to be perfect. These kids are going to be, they're going to come out perfectly, which they have in God's will. Somebody not talking to me kills me, right? I, I have, but I have no power over it. I just have to respect it. The drinking Elizabeth would have showed up on this kid's doorstep, banging on the door, being like, talk to me, talk to me. Oh my God, we have to figure this out. And instead I have to respect him. I have to respect him and say, okay, this is your life. This is your choice. I am not, I can't do, and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm going to trust you that this is your decision. And I'm going to pray every day that you come back to me in my life. And that's all I can do. That's all I can do. I can't, I can't push my will. You know, when you're pushing your own will, it's like taking that square, the round, round peg in square hole and it doesn't fit, right? It doesn't fit. You keep jamming it in there and you get signs in your life that what you're doing is not the right thing, right? I've had that happen to me many times. I remember when I was buying, when we bought this house on Amelia Island, I intuitively inside of myself, I was like, don't do this. Don't do this. This is not the right choice. I didn't pay attention to it. I didn't trust my instincts. I didn't trust my insides. Does that ever happen to you? That you're just like, why didn't I trust my instincts? I knew the right thing to do, but I went with this other thing, even though I knew the right answer. We all know the right answers for us. We all do, but we don't trust those answers. We want to go back and say, oh no, it's this. Oh no, it's that. Oh, I'm going to make this happen because I think it's going to be so great and I'm going to fix it or I'm going to do this and it's going to make it better and da, 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 da. And it doesn't. People are people. We can't go into a relationship with someone and say, I want to change this person because they're so great. I, they're, they've got so much potential. They just don't know it. And if I help them, they're going to get to a better place. That's not sane thinking right? People are the way they are. We have to take them at the face value. We have to take ourselves at face value. We have to love ourselves for the great things that we have and, and some things that we're not great at. I'm not great at numbers. I'm not great at minutiae. I'm not great at like, I, I do it because I have to, but it's not my strong point. It's not where I find pleasure. It's not where I find my happy place. I have to do it. I try new things and some things I'm not good at and some things I am. I mean, I'm okay at golf. Am I going to be out there playing like Tiger Woods or something like that? No, I just like to go and take it for what it is. I'm going to a golf course. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to be with my, whoever I'm with, and I'm going to enjoy the time. The score doesn't matter. It's the time that I get to spend with these people that I'm with. That time is such a gift, right? We have time that's such a gift and we waste so much time. At least I did, especially when I got so like when I was drinking, I look back and I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I get sober soon, soon enough? Well, I, it was when God wanted me to get sober, to be completely honest. And when I was ready to stop fighting, when I was ready to say, I don't want to do this anymore and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do something else. I'm not going to make alcohol a part of my life anymore. I realized that the addiction part of it that I had, that craziness that I just talked about earlier about 
the thinking, and I'm only going to go out and have one, or I'm only going to go out and have two. I, it didn't matter. It, it was like, once I had one, I was off to the races. I couldn't help it. So it's time to change that part of my life. If I don't like that about me, I have to change it. No one else is going to change it. And getting sober for other people is like, it never works out, right? It never works out. I got sober for me. I didn't get sober for anybody else. Now, the results from getting sober were obviously amazing because I was there for my kids. I don't have any regrets. It's the craziest thing. I did the best I can do. If this child's mad at me or that child's mad at me, that's on them. I did the best Elizabeth as I could be. And I think you probably did the best in your life given the tools you had. Our parents do the best they can do. They did the best they could do. They did. We all do. I don't think unless you're a serial killer, you don't wake up in the morning going, I really want to hurt people today. No. You want to love people. You want to have relationships where you're true to yourself and you're true to everybody around you. When um, it's so ironic it's not ironic. It's God. I think it's like literally divine intervention that right now I'm, I chose to move during a full moon. I chose to move at the time of change with all this astrological things going on. I chose to move in the third month and the third month is always about the third step. And the third step in my, in my program is of course, I just mentioned earlier, it's letting go letting go, trusting God, letting go, trusting God, letting go, trusting God. And for me, it's a daily hourly thing. It's like, I want to take my power back. I want to let it go. I want to take my power back. I want to let it go. I want to take my power back. I want to let it go all day long, all day long, right? All day long. A lot of times I'm, and I'm not going to say I'm, I'm a saint by any stretch of the imagination. I just know what it is that I'm doing. It has a name for it. It's control freak. <laughs> it's um, wanting to be the puppeteer, having everybody do what I want them to do. And if you do everything I'm going to want you to do, everything's going to be perfect. Well, that's not the case. You know, I feel like so many times I'm like, I'm going to let this go. And then I'm not, I'm going to let this go. Oh no, I'm not. I'm going to let this go. No, I'm not. I don't feel comfortable letting it go. Okay. Don't let it go. Um, having these tools has been amazing. That's the one thing about like when I got sober, I was, I, I wanted everybody to have this program. It was like, uh, this program works so well. It's so divinely, inter, it, it, it's divinely, inter, it, it, what is it? Divinely inspired, divinely, uh, you know, it's the best thing that the Dalai Lama said that came out of um, the, the, of America, uh, th this country is, literally Alcoholics Anonymous, because it's this way of living that gives you an ability to identify what it is you're doing, because it's my thinking, right? My thinking that gets me in trouble. And it wasn't until I really started to meditate that I, I, I could sit back and look at all the thoughts that would come in, right? All these thoughts would come in. I have to make dinner. Has the laundry been turned over? Have the dogs been taken for a walk? Is there food in the refrigerator? Do my kids have all their gear? Am I ready? Did I call my friends? Is anybody's birthday now with social media? You're like, oh my God, it's Facebook. Look at all the people whose birthdays it is. And you want to go. I, I, I got obsessed with that. Now I've let that go, by the way. 
I'm not doing that as much. I'm not getting on there and making sure that everybody knows I'm saying happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. I just like, it's too much. It's not always that sincere anyway, because we're really, you're just going to have a birthday. Have a birthday. I like calling somebody anyway and saying happy birthday, especially if I have their phone number and saying happy birthday to them directly. Um, it's so interesting that I've realized the one thing I realized when I was up on Amelia Island, you know, I came to Florida five years ago um, when Henry, my youngest graduated from high school and I ran away from my town because I don't like feelings. Right. So that's reality. I don't like feelings. And luckily my husband could for better, or for worse, you know, he works for himself. And if we have a computer, he can do his work so we could live anywhere. And so we went to South Florida and we went and we had fun, but I had those feelings of like, what am I going to be? What am I going to do? Who am I? For so long, I was like the box of, of that I would check would be mom, right? And when your kids leave and you've been like, I was a single mom for a really long time. So when they all left, I was so lost and so broken. So we went to South Florida and that wasn't good enough. So then we went to Amelia Island and that was like, I got there. And the one thing that I am very grateful for is for the fact that I got to this place that I could cry, that I could acknowledge that I was really sad, that I could go to this place that I'm depressed. I miss my kids. This doesn't feel good. I feel sad. I feel lost. I had all those feelings come. And it's like, it's like you're mourning a part of your life. It's like, I did this one thing for so long and now what am I going to do? Who am I? Who am I? What am I here to do? Who am I here to help? What does God have me on this planet for? What? And now I feel free again. I feel like they're good. They're like, we got it, mom. We got it, boo. You don't need you. We're good. We are so good. We don't need, we don't need your like intermingling with everything in our lives. Okay. I get it. It made me sad for a long time. I'm, we're talking five years now, almost five years since he's left. Um, It was okay to feel sad. It was okay to have these feelings of inadequacy, of depression, of sadness, of darkness, of all of it. But at the same time, I had to focus on being in the now and being like, okay, it's time to reinvent myself. This is a new adventure. Do you get that? Like it's a new adventure all the time, right? I don't think... You know, for so long, it was, I used to say to my kids, I can't wait till you get to the finish line. I just can't wait till you get to the finish line. And for me, finish line was high school, right? If they get to the finish line, they graduate high school, then everything's good. Now I can go and do what I want to do. And I did that, but I was like, oh my, I didn't know that was going to leave a hole in my soul. I didn't know I was going to feel like, oh my God, they're gone. Now what? Now who am I? So now I want to do like certain things. I want to keep going with the podcast. I'm heading over to Amsterdam. I'm getting interviewed for a uh, YouTube channel. 
in Amsterdam. Um, I'm going to hear Henry speak in, in Paris. I'm doing all these things that I would never have done, right? Now I have opportunities. I see doors opening and I can walk through them. I don't have to be scared. I don't have to know what outcomes are going to be. I don't have to know what my address is going to be at my next place yet. I don't need to know. God has that. I can let go to that. It takes so much work though. It takes so much work because our heads are constantly moving. We've got these mechanics in there. And then with the social media and with the TV and the everything popping up, emails, all these things that our parents didn't grow up with are, make our brains go beep, 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 And we compare ourselves all the time. I compare myself, not as much, thank God, but I used to compare myself all the time to how somebody was on the outside. It wasn't about how they were on the inside. How do we even know who people really are until we really get to know them? We don't, but we compare ourselves and say, I'm not worth it. I'm not good enough. I can't do that. It's too hard. It's too hard. I can't do that. But I'm going to tell you, you can, you can do this. I'm a really social person. I am really social. I, uh, not as much as I used to be, but I used to be the most social person. Like I know, I, I, I walk around here in Delray Beach, Florida, and I run into people I know from all over the country. And when I got sober and they said to me, you're going to have to change everything. I was like, what do you mean? They're like, you can't hang out with your like two-year-old things. And I was like, what, really? Why not? And the longer I stayed and listened to people, other people that were kind of like me, they would say, well, if you keep hanging out with those people, aren't you going to want to do what you were doing with them? And I'm like, oh yeah, I will want to do what they're doing. I will want to go and have drinks at a bar. I will want to go and see what it's like to have that new, whatever martini that they talk about on housewives or the new, whatever. I mean, it's just like all this stuff that wasn't even around when I was getting, when I was drinking. And I had to change that and figure out who I was. What makes me tick? Just like I have this past five years. If I weren't sober this whole time and didn't have these tools to be able to write down when I'm feeling really sad and feeling really depressed I and feeling anxious and full of anxiety, I didn't have that tool of being able that my sponsor told me, my fellow traveler told me, a friend gave me this advice to do. She said, write down a gratitude list. And I was like, well, wait a minute, what's that going to do? And at first it was like, all right, I'm grateful that the sky's blue. I'm grateful my kids are healthy. I'm grateful that I can see. I'm grateful that I have feet. I'm grateful I have a brain, like all those things. It was just like one snip. And then the longer I got sober, the more I worked on these gratitude lists, the deeper, the how richer my responses would be. Like, you know what? I'm really grateful that I took the time to figure out who I was. I'm grateful that I realized that my favorite color is orange. It's not green. I realize now that I want friends in my life that treat me like 
I'm on stage and they're clapping for me and they want to jump on the boat with me. They want to be on the stage with me. They want to hug me. They want to hold me. They want to tell me you've got this. You're so amazing. I have those friends today. I spent a long time with friends that you wouldn't consider like real friends. And I didn't even know that. I thought, oh, well, if I, you had something I wanted, you were my friend. Or if uh, you, you drank like I did, you were my friend. Or if you um, oh, went to the same school as me, whatever. I mean, and I picked, I had a bad picker. <laughs> I had a bad picker when it came to friends. And my mom used to say to me, if you have five friends, real true friends, Elizabeth, when you die, you're going to be really lucky. And I was like, whatever, mom, I have a million friends. No, she was right. She was right. Thank you, mom in heaven. You know, um, I didn't know that I was only going to have a couple of friends that are my, like the go-tos, like you're broken down on the side of the road. They are going to show up and they don't care what time of day it is. You need money. And they show up and they're like, I got you. I love you. I got you. They're the ones that are saying to me right now, like when I've been going crazy about like, where are we going to live? What have, oh my God, I've got store. I've, my stuff is all over the world, right? It's not all over the world, but it's all over the state of Florida. It's in somebody's house. It's in a storage unit. It's in another storage unit. It's all over. And I'm like, oh my God, my stuff's everywhere. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, my friends are all like, it's going to come. Don't worry. You're going to get something that's amazing. Do you know how many friends of mine have said that to me? Like real friends have been like, don't worry about it. It's all going to work out. I'm like, wow. This is all about the journey. It's finding people who really love you. And when you quit drinking, so many people are like, especially the ones that I was drinking with, they were like, wait a minute, you're not drinking anymore. I don't really want to hang out with you. And I was like, I got it. I get it. You don't want to hang out with me anymore. I was like, inviting me to your party was like inviting the Grim Reaper to the old age home. Nobody wanted to be there. Let's be honest. Cause I would then make them think of themselves like, oh, she's not drinking. Why isn't she drinking? Wait, I drink it just as much as she, and I, it's not about the other person. It's about me. And I'm grateful in the end that I wasn't invited because it gave me the time to figure out what was important. What makes me tick? Who are my real friends? Who are the people that are going to have my back no matter what? What's important to me? The love of my kids is so important to me. My husband, I, uh, my husband's like my, I mean, it's not always great. I can tell you that because I'd be lying to you, but it's so good. And there's so many times that I was like, I just want to throw in the towel. I hate this. I hate him. I hate the way he smells. I hate the way he looks. I hate it was more about me where I was at that point. But we're in this together. Like, I don't want to quit that relationships are the hardest thing for alcoholics. They just are. It's just the hardest thing is to have relationships because we have expectations. At least I did of so many people. I wanted you to be like me. I wanted you to think like me. And if you didn't, I wasn't your friend and I didn't have any room for other ideas or other beliefs. Now I do. I was so scared for so long that you weren't going to like me because you know what? I didn't like me. Today, I can let go to that. Today, I can trust that everything, everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be.
you know, I, I wish I could give this to you all. That's why I do this podcast. Cause I want you all to know that it is all about getting okay in this skin that we all have in these bodies that God gave us. It's being okay in this skin. It's feeling okay in your heart and knowing it's going to be okay. Even when you have so much doubt that you're like, I can do this before I go to sleep today. I can be okay with myself today. And it's just for before you go to bed. You just have to be in it today. And I have to tell you something else I do, especially recently with this crazy move. I've been really trying I'm going to tell you exactly what happened yesterday. Yesterday, we had a 26-foot U-Haul truck filled to the rim with shit, okay? Just a bunch of junk. I mean, it's like pots, all this stuff that I find to be important because I I said to my husband, I'm like, Jeff, I should be a garden. I should have a garden store because I I love plants. So I have all these pots, all these pots, and all these things to put in the garden. So we're in, we have this storage unit. Okay. It's a public storage and we get there and we have to unload the truck, walk into the building, walk down a hallway, walk down another hallway, walk down another hallway. And we get to the storage unit and we are doing that. And I'm lifting these things. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do this. It's so hot. I'm dying. This is too much work. I can't do this. Why are we doing this? Why didn't we get helpers to help us? You probably understand me totally. And, um, We got, I finally got to this place where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to walk through here and I'm going to say the, our father, I'm just going to say the, our father all the time. I'm just going to say it in my head, our father who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on our, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, our holy bread and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trust us against us and lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. And, um, I would say that. And then I was saying the serenity prayer. I'm like, I can do this. I'm just going to say the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I got through it. But last night I was like, dead. I'm still tired today. That's why I look like this. But I promised that I was going to do a podcast and I'm going to do it. And that's why I did it today. So episode 338, you guys, thanks for listening. Let go if you can. Keep trying, keep practicing, practicing, practicing. Just envision yourself just letting go. Like when you were a kid and you'd fall back and you let go and you were going to fall back and somebody's going to catch you. Just pretend all the time. I'm just going to let go to that right now. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to let go. Just going to let go. Just going to let go. It's hard, but you can do it. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and subscribe to my channel. Please, please, please. And please know that you are not alone by any stretch of imagination. Write to me, send me an email. I'll reach back out. I promise. And you are not alone, my friends. We got to get through this thing called life together, not by ourselves. We need to be together. All right. Love you all. Thank you guys all for listening. And again, thanks for watching Busy Living Sober, Elizabeth Chance podcast. It's all about getting busy, living. Because I'm all about that. I'm busy about really getting living trying to make it. Have a great day, everybody. Take care and I'll see you next week.